superstar Kyrie Irving. He doesn't want to get vaccinated, we're told, and they're benching him because of it. I think that's wrong. I don't like vaccine mandates. I have been vaccinated, but that was my business, my wife's, my doctor, whatever. All right. That's my decision. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm not going to impose my will or even try to. And I don't think anybody should be imposing their will on Kyrie Irving. But I saw something very beautiful this weekend. We had supporters of Kyrie Irving and they're all over the map. I mean, big time. We had Black Lives Matter activists coming together with Make America Great Again activists. You had Trump people. You had people on the far left opposing, peacefully opposing, I might add, these mandates at the Barclays Center. That's the home stadium of the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, I tell you what, it was kind of beautiful to see opposites working together for a common cause. And I believe that cause is a uh, is a worthy one. All right. Now, there are lots of people upset with these uh, vaccine mandates. Cops and firefighters here in New York City, uh, they marched over the Brooklyn Bridge. And by the way, there were a lot of Brandon supporters in the crowd. They went over to City Hall. A lot of these cops and firefighters may lose their job if they don't get the jab. I don't like that. I just don't like that. This vaccine's only been around for less than a year. 98, 99% survival rate. I don't like it. You know what? People all over the world, not just here in New York. Let's go to Italy. Big, big turnout. They're pushing vaccines, vaccine passports. you got to have a special uh, vaccination card to go from one country to another. They don't like it. They don't like it in Italy. They don't like it in France. Free France. Uh, big protests there. They really don't like this, by the way. They have been some of the most active and vocal since this all started. Let's go to Switzerland, see what that looks like. Switzerland is usually a pretty subdued place. And look at this. Throngs of people coming out and saying, you can't force this on us. No. This is not right. It's not right in America. It's not right over there. Australia as well. I like this. I like this. This is up to the people, not governments. I applaud all of these folks. Even though I've been vaccinated, I think it should be a choice. All right. So that brings me to uh, Dr. Fauci. Now, you've heard this, that the National Institute of Health has admitted to funding gain of function research in Wuhan, gain of function, making a disease even more lethal and experimenting with bats. They, it's true. It happened. They can't deny it anymore. A lot of us were wondering about this out loud. They called us nut jobs, conspiracy theorists. Even when we raised the question and Fauci, gosh, I mean, he's been busted, not for the first time, but he was not being truthful or maybe he just doesn't respect us. But remember this stuff? You are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair, we did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. This has been evaluated multiple times by qualified people to not fall under the gain-of-function definition. I have not lied before Congress. I have never lied, certainly not before Congress. Case closed. 
Uh, no, not at all. Gain of function definition. He's playing verbal games. And now we know a letter came out from the NIH again, <laughs> confirmed it, that it was happening. And Rand Paul has been right about this from the very beginning. He was asking all the right questions. And he's right now about how Fauci would spin this. Still, Dr. Fauci should be fired by the president. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, is just for lack of judgment of nothing else, I don't, you know, he's probably never going to admit that he lied. He's going to continue to dissemble and try to work around the truth and massage the truth. Dissemble, work around the truth, massage the truth. And oh boy, he was at that yesterday. Here he is talking about gain of function research, which we approved, okay? We, the United States of America, through a subcontractor, um, here's Fauci coming clean, Fauci style. The funding at the Wuhan Institute was to be able to determine what is out there in the environment in bat viruses in China. We knew what, 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 what the risk was and what the oversight is. Certainly, they should have put their progress report in in a timely manner. No denial of that, and there will be administrative uh, consequences of that. When people talk about gain of function, they make that implication, which I think is unconscionable to do, to say, well, maybe that research led to SARS-CoV-2. You can ask any person of good faith who's a virologist, and they will tell you absolutely clearly that that would be molecularly impossible. Well, um, that wasn't the original question, all right? It may not be able to be traced to COVID-19, but that does not mean that America was not funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, as many of us suspected for a long time. He is playing a big-time game, but he'll get a pass. You know why? Because he was playing footsie with the Democrats and undermining Trump when he was president. That's why. That's why he still has a job. All right. Now, south of the border, they are coming in a big way. Look at this. Is it a caravan? Is it a, uh, uh, an army? It looks like that caravan from a couple of years ago. They say they're coming to America. Uh, good thing is they've all been vaccinated, right? Well, looks like they're going to get a free pass. Come right in. I mean, do you think Biden's going to turn them around in any significant way? Have we heard anything from Joe Biden? When this happened under Trump, what was the message? It was clear, it was unambiguous, and it was tough. At this very moment, large, well-organized caravans of migrants are marching toward our southern border. Some people call it an invasion. It's like an invasion. They have violently overrun the Mexican border. You saw that two days ago. These are tough people in many cases. Let me begin by stating that these illegal caravans will not be allowed into the United States. And they should turn back now because they're wasting their time. All right, that was three years ago. <laughs> Another president, clear, tough, de decisive. I mean, right? You can't, there's no ambiguity there. So three years later, what do we have? A new caravan of people coming and we've got a new president. What was Joe Biden's message for these people who are coming, who are all vaccinated by the way, right? What did he have to say about this? Well, you got to remember me when you're president, okay? All right. And Sean, what are you playing with? Some Legos, right? I like Legos. Yes. I like Legos. 
If only we could leave him at the nursery school and take that kid in the red sweatshirt. He could be better. All right, we'll be right back. Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All, All I, I can, can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? The fake news basically took 2020 off when it came to vetting Joe Biden. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? It's true. I mean, there's so much to look at with this guy. Things that happened uh, last year during the campaign, decades ago, throughout his life, all the things that's supposed to happen to a presidential candidate did not happen to Joe Biden. I want to get to something that's really good in a moment. But first, Joe uh, voiced his frustration, uh, told us tale of his woes with the fake news to a bunch of kids who, quite frankly, looked like they had better things to do. And I'm sure they did. But anyway, here's Joe from a school visit today in New Jersey. You know, when you're president, see all these people here? They're, they're with you all the time. They get to ask you all kinds of questions, and you try to figure out how you can avoid answering them sometimes. <laughs> He's really holding that uh, audience spellbound, huh? Those kids don't care about Joe Biden. There's not much star quality there. Uh, but how about that? He doesn't want to answer questions, figures out ways to not answer. This is not what they said. This is going to be a very transparent administration. Who remembers this? We're good? We're good. When the president asked me to serve in this role, we talked about the importance of bringing truth and transparency back to the briefing room. Rebuilding trust will be central to our focus every single day. Truth, transparency, rebuilding trust. They just like saying these words because they feel good. They sound good. But how do they really feel? Joe opened up again. Can I see one more time? Joe with the kids. This is Joe being Joe. This is the real guy. You know, when you're president, see all these people here? They're, they're with you all the time. They get to ask you all kinds of questions, and you try to figure out how you can avoid answering them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. Uh, oh, but this is. So last year, Joe got into an argument with a, an auto worker by the name of Jerry Wayne. This should have been a much bigger deal. Partly it wasn't because the angle of the conversation wasn't that great, but we found a new angle. So you can see the, uh, the argument from, in, in full, and you can see both guys going at it. It's very interesting. It shows you a lot about who Joe Biden is, okay? Let's take it from the top, please. Trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our gun. You're 
<laughs> You're full of S-H-I. He hears something he doesn't like, and he hits him with that. This is uh, Joe, the politician, that we are all going to get along. Civility and decency. You are full of pretty wild, huh? Next. All right, thank now, you. Now, shush. Shush. That was interesting. His aide is trying to do the right thing, diffuse a tense situation. He shushes her, and you can see she is hurt and embarrassed. She did absolutely nothing wrong. Next up in the convo. I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. And from the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20-gauge, a 12-gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds. So when you were in Vado, no. when you said you're going to take our guns, I did not what? say that. That's you not. Did. I did it's not say that. It's a viral video. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that are simply a lie. Again, Jerry is right. The former vice president is wrong. There is a viral video. There are actually two. And this is what the uh, young man is talking about. First, let's go to Beto O'Rourke, the uh, temporary hit sensation of the Democrat Party. When he was running against Ted Cruz, he was really feeling it. And he said this. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Viral video. He loses the election, uh, but is still kind of hanging around the Democrat Party. His endorsement was said to be worth something. He gave it to Joe Biden. And on the big night of the endorsement, how did Joe return the favor? I want to make something clear. I'm going to guarantee you this is not last year's scene of this guy. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one that leads this effort. I'm counting on you. That went viral as well. So that's what Jerry Wayne was talking about. He's right. Joe Biden is wrong. He got very, very angry. Did you see that? Let's go back to that conversation, please. You're taking the gun. Oh, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. Take the AR, your AR-14. Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. There's a lot of guys. You hear that? He... First of all, he invades the guy's space. Jerry Wayne is showing more class. Look, this is not okay. You can't do that in a conversation. And he threatens to beat the guy up. Let's go outside. They said Trump was off the wall. Trump never did anything like this. More? I just want to. I'm not hey, working. Hey, hey, Hold hey, on. So much Give me a break, so man. Don't be such a worry about it. And in the end, Joe just walks off because he doesn't know what he's talking about. That is Jerry Wayne, a man in the hard hat with a beard. And everybody should follow him on Twitter. Uh, Jerry Wayne, AR-14, a true patriot. All right. Meanwhile, you know, there's a tight uh, gubernatorial election in Virginia, New Jersey. Terry McAuliffe versus uh, Youngkin. And it looks like this could go the Republicans' way. But uh, so Obama came in to... 
uh, I don't know, jazz up the situation, uh, excite the base. Uh, I don't think it worked, but here's a little bit from him. All across the country, Democrats are trying to make it easier to vote, not make it harder to vote, and push back on Republicans who are trying to systematically prevent ordinary citizens from making their voices heard. Just this past week, some of you probably saw every Democrat in the Senate supported a bill that would protect the right to vote and ban partisan gerrymandering and, and reduce the influence of dark money in our politics. Every Democrat voted for it. Every Republican voted against it. This is the elitism, the lack of respect for people systematically push ordinary Americans from voting. This is uh, more than insincerity. This is these are lies. These are absolute lies. And you can see there's a contempt. He's been out of the game for a long time. America has grown up and we don't buy this crap anymore. Next. Here we are trying to recover from a global pandemic that has killed more than 700,000 Americans. That shut down thousands of small businesses and, and put millions out of work. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped up culture wars. This fake outrage that, that right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. And the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people, that's a shame. That's not what this election's about. Hmm. Um, I guess I'm part of the right-wing media. Uh, these are very important issues. See, Barack Obama, in the end, didn't really do much for African Americans. He didn't. Their situation actually declined. It improved dramatically under President Trump. So having failed when he had power, what's the next step for Democrats to pull? Well, the whole system, the whole system is racist. Critical race theory. This isn't some side foolish culture war issue. This is our culture. This is our country, our way of life. This is significant. You can brush it off, but uh, the people are on to you, and they are a lot smarter than you think, Mr. Former President. One more from him. We ain't got time to be tied. We don't have time to be tired. What is required is sustained effort. What did he say? We don't have time to be tired. I think he pulled the Southern accent thing that he sometimes does with certain audiences. He changes who he is depending upon who he's talking to. You know who never does that? Trump. I'll be right back with uh, some important information about January 6th. There is a new documentary from HBO out about January 6th. It's called Four Hours at the Capitol. The fake news, they love it, and so does the left. But uh, it does nothing to teach anybody about what happened. It leaves out key information. It doesn't ask key questions about what happened to Ashley Babbitt. Uh, it provides nothing more. 
and, uh, you know, portrays Trump supporters as savages and Trump as a villain. Uh, it's everything the left wants, everything that they're pushing. When you really believe a tyrannical government is taking over the country, you're going to have some crazy stuff go down. It was soccer bombs, truck drivers. It was America. People with pitchforks, baseball bats sticking out of their bag. People in full, like, tactical outfits. Pepper spray started coming out. Gas grenades started going off. It just broke into pure anarchy. So, a couple of points here. There is one thing I did learn that I did not know, and maybe you don't know it either. Did you know Trump had that speech closer to the White House? A big group of all kinds of people marched to the Capitol. They had a police escort. Did you know that? I actually didn't know that. Look at this. They've got motorcycles in the lead. These are police motorcycles making the way, facilitating their trek to the Capitol. I'm told there are some Proud Boys in there who, by the way, as we all know, are routinely maligned and misrepresented as white supremacists. They are not white supremacists. So that was interesting. And then came the fake news. We all know who Officer Fanone is, Michael Fanone. He's made quite a spectacle out of himself. By the way, he's been promoting this along with some other Capitol Hill cops. The Capitol Hill police, let's face it, they failed big time in all of this. Um, they're playing the victim card, almost the entire department. It's very disappointing. Uh, but at one point, Fanone was surrounded. It looked like a dicey situation. Um, Listen to this, watch uh, what happens, but listen closely to the narration and look at the pictures at the same time. Uh, they don't match up. I remember looking down and seeing this crowd like attacking Mike and somebody from the crowd was dragging him up toward me. And I remember grabbing him and pulling him back behind me. And then once I knew that other officers were pulling him back, I turned back around to make sure nobody else was like following him. I mean, he was completely unconscious. So a couple of things here. He's not being dragged. He's being assisted. You can see it. I can see it. He's actually being helped by protesters. There's a guy in the beard, another guy in a red hat. They're helping him. And the partner said also that he was clearly unconscious. Well, we all just saw that he was wide awake. Might have been dazed, but he was awake at that point. Very strange. And uh, Fanon talked about all of his, uh, his problems, his issues. I had what would amount to like a mild heart attack. I also learned that I experienced a you know, traumatic brain injury. What I most struggle with is you know, kind of some of the emotional after effects or psychological trauma. Uh, I don't buy it. I don't believe him. He was back on duty the next week, back in uniform the next week. His story doesn't add up. I'm sorry, it doesn't. And I think he's been taken away uh, by all the... Um, all the attention. Something else in this documentary, uh, they, HBO had footage, security camera footage that a lot of lawyers and investigators would like to see, but it's not being turned over. But interestingly, it's being turned over to uh, filmmakers. There was a cameo by Adam Kinzinger, Congressman Republican from Illinois, everyone's favorite middle schooler, not. What did he have to say? Uh, he wasn't honest. 
For hours we were sitting there. The president didn't say a word. The president of the United States who runs the military, the commander-in-chief, if he says a word, things happen. To me, that was beyond the pale. Thing is, the president was speaking out all afternoon. He tweeted a message calling for peace at 2.38. He tweeted another one calling for peace at 3.13. And then he made a statement, a video statement that was put on Twitter at 4.17 p.m. He was speaking all afternoon. There was another curious moment in this documentary. Do you remember when um, the shaman confronted or was confronted by the Capitol Hill police uh, outside the Capitol. It looked like the cop was giving him directions to the Senate. So we have video of that moment. Take a look. He ran towards us. We all looked at each other and we were like, okay. And I think we all took that brief moment. Like this is the final line in the sand. Like they will go no further. Tensions are high. They just had to fight their way in. They've showed their intent for violence. You know, they're screaming things like, we're coming for you, Pence. You know, you can't hide from us. We're going to find you. If I said I wasn't scared, I'd be lying. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. Justice is coming, baby! Freedom! Obviously, there's the guy with the, the shaman attire and the horns, and he had the spear with the American flag on it. I'm surprised he didn't know what to do. Uh, I would imagine that they prepared and trained for this kind of thing, but you heard when he said, this is the part, they will go no further. All right? So... Inexplicably, a couple of minutes later, they don't say how this happened, but this happened. Right now, there are about six, seven police officers there. They say they will go no further, uh, but then this happens. Of the state of Arizona. There's people in the Senate chambers. And that's when I noticed the shaman. I walk in behind him, and that's when I realized I was alone now. I was by myself. Hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. One guy had a hole through his cheek, bleeding out of his mouth. I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay, just want to let you guys know this is like the sacredest place. I know. I know. Hey, no, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. He gets up on the podium, and in my mind, I was like, man, I, I, I can't do anything. You know, I can only do is, you know, shout orders. And if they listen, great. If they don't, I, I can't force them. I'm by myself. Why is he by himself? <laughs> Where did everybody else go? How did this happen? They don't answer that question. It's all just glossed over. So much is glossed over. Uh, they don't show you, by the way, the short cop who let a lot of people in through the barricades. You've seen that by now, right? Let's go ahead and roll that, please. Uh, who remembers this? This actually happened. It's part of the day. Filmmakers, the left, the fake news, they don't uh, seem particularly interested in it. Uh, how about all those selfies that people took with Capitol Hill police officers all over the place? It seemed like a pretty kind of benign situation at times. 
Uh, let's see. There's a, another moment where you've got guys waiting on both sides, just letting people in right this way. The rotunda is that way. And of course, Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt shot and killed by uh, Michael Byrd. They spent about 15 seconds on it and no new information. What a lost opportunity. Folks, we are going to find out the truth of that case. I know we are. Stay with me. We'll be right back. So the focus remains on January 6th. So much uh, focus by Democrats, also Hollywood, a new documentary from HBO. Very skewed and slanted, in my opinion, did not even attempt to answer some key questions that remain about that day. Uh, What I am most interested in, by the way, is the uh, death of Ashley Babbitt. And I know our next guest is also concerned and has very serious questions about that issue as well, that matter. Congressman Troy Nels, Republican of Texas. Sir, welcome uh, to Newsmax. How are you tonight? Greg, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You bet. First, overall, what is it like these days on Capitol Hill with the Capitol Hill police? Uh, You've got some of them out there, uh, Fanon, uh, Dunn, Gunnell. They're out there saying wildly partisan things on social media. They're promoting movies. Um, Now, actually, Fanon is not a Capitol Hill police. He's a Metro cop. But Gunnell and Dunn are. And I'm just wondering if you and your colleagues uh, are comfortable with these guys. Well, you know what this select committee did, this sham committee, they, they found four officers, two from the Capitol Police. They only have 1,840 officers with the Capitol Police and thousands more with Metropolitan Police Department. So they found four that fit their narrative. So what did they do? The leadership paraded them out on the first real uh, committee uh, hearing uh, with this select committee and those four individuals. And I was a lawman for 30 years, a sheriff for eight. And so what this uh, committee did is they had these four individuals come on out there. They they wrote their script for them. These guys were all very well coached. And they all four had one thing in common. And in the end, you discovered they all four despise Donald Trump. That's what they all have in common. Uh, And and the unfortunate part about all this is that these four individuals should be apologized to. They should be apologized to by the U.S. Capitol Police leadership team because these four individuals should have never been placed in that position. January 6th should have never happened. You know, I agree. I feel like they have been exploited. I've been deeply critical of these individuals, but they have been exploited. That's clear to me. Um, So going forward, is there any chance that we will get our questions answered about Ashley Babbitt, about the very real security failings? It seems like the January 6th committee, they only want to hurt Trump and his associates. They're not really interested in what happened. Greg, you're spot on. This is all about Donald Trump. Uh, That committee is not seeking the truth. You had these four individuals, these four officers, they they found the worst video you could possibly find out of the thousands of hours of videos on January 6th. And this is all about damaging Donald Trump, 
um, the one individual even referred to him, Don referred to Donald Trump as a hitman, and the other one had to walk his words back, but he said maybe we should protest at Donald Trump's house. So, no, these guys are all coached. Uh, their, their narrative is, is all about hatred towards Donald Trump. The leadership of the Democrats, this partisan uh, committee, is all about damaging the Republicans for 2022. And, and I tell you something, uh, you're not going to see the truth. Uh, you're not going to hear any of the truth. They're not seeking the truth. But I'll guarantee you that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And uh, I'm going to continue to examine all the records, all the testimony from the Senate report back in March. I'm continuing to talk to uh, officers today because I owe it to not only myself as a law enforcement officer, but I owe it to the American people. I made a commitment to the American people that we're going to discover the truth so this can never happen again. You know, sir, I'm glad you're there because I think a lot of your colleagues on both sides of the aisles, and there are plenty of Republicans who are intimidated. Somehow they think that they'll be viewed as anti-law enforcement by not asking the tough questions. With your credentials, nobody can say you're anti-law enforcement. We're pro-law enforcement, and because we're pro-law enforcement, we don't want cops to be in this kind of position. Uh, by the way, I hear there's an 800-page internal review completed by the Capitol Hill Police that they will not make public. Uh, can you confirm that, and will we ever see it? Should we ever see it? Oh, isn't that funny? The, the committee, they want Bannon's records and they want everybody else, all the organizers of January 6th, they want their phone records, they want to know everything about him. Surprise, they're not asking for a blood sample. But yet they don't want to release those type of documents. And, and that's the problem. It's because it's not really about seeking the truth. We owe it to the American people to make sure that our nation's capital, our freedom here, is never violated again. And the, the leadership of the Capitol Police, they had an enormous amount of intelligence. Greg, it was in droves. They had, there were individuals that saying they had maps uh, of the Capitol complex, the underground tunnels, it was there. The National Guard should have been here on January 4th already. But they didn't show up until January 6th at 5 p.m. The timeline is so important. The American people need to look at the timeline. The first breach of, of the, the, the bicycle racks here took place at 12.57 p.m. on that day. Donald Trump didn't get done speaking until 1.10 p.m. And my point, no one ever leaves a Trump rally early. They don't leave before he gets done speaking. And then it would take 20 minutes to walk from the ellipse where Trump was speaking to get to the Capitol. So there's a lot of questions that I have. Uh, I was honored to be uh, selected by uh, Leader McCarthy to be on the select committee on the minority side, but obviously Nancy Pelosi rejected us because she knows that guys like me, Jim Jordan, and others will be asking these tough questions. You could make that committee <laughs> helpful. You could make that committee, you could, make it, you could help it make a difference, but no, it's not gonna happen, unfortunately. Well, still, we're glad you're on Capitol Hill and you're pursuing the truth. Uh, Representative Troy Nels, thank you very much, Republican of Texas. And uh, by the way, follow him on Twitter, at Sheriff T. Nels. Many thanks, sir. Thank you, Greg. And I'm going to continue to look at Ashley Babbitt. We appreciate that so much. And uh, there's no excuse. No way. Just very briefly, if you don't mind. I don't know of a department in the country... That could how could that shooting be justified? Is there any way to justify that? No, uh, uh, Greg, it was murder. 
I, I've been a lawman for 30 years. I've had, when I was a sheriff, I had deputies shoot and kill suspects. I've had deputies shot. I had blue-on-blue uh, uh, -blue incidents where one of my deputies ended up shooting another deputy and killing him. The point is, I understand a little bit about use of force. I understand a little bit about grand juries. This shooting should have at least gone to a grand jury. But the Department of Justice had no intent to do a thorough investigation. The shooting took place January 6th. By April already, they said no charges. We're not going to pursue charges against Lieutenant Byrd. The video is quite clear. It it's, was murder. It's, it's, it's wild. And he's walking around with a gun, maybe <laughs> not too far from you right now. Thank you, Congressman. To be continued, we'll be right back. Should police officers, emergency responders, be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, Did you hear that? He wants firefighters and cops, if they don't want to get the vaccine, to be fired. Guess what? Cops and firefighters, they are adults and they can make their own decisions. A massive protest here in New York City where they are under order to get vaccinated. A lot of us believe this should be their choice, uh, but they're under a lot of pressure right now to get the vaccine. Thought we'd bring in former New York City Police Commissioner and big time Trump supporter Bernie Carrick back with us once again. Commissioner, how are you? I'm good, Greg. I'm good. I have never heard of anything like this uh, before for cops or firefighters in New York City. Have you? No, I haven't either. And uh, you probably won't in the future as long as de Blasio leaves office. Um, this is him. This is his hatred for cops. Um, you know, he's been like this since the beginning. He'll do anything and everything in his power to hurt them. Um, he doesn't like them. Uh, this is this is a common thing. And he's using this as another element to attack the men and women of the NYPD and first responders. You know, a lot of folks on the left, <laughs> let's not forget, they don't fundamentally like cops. Uh, you heard when Joe Biden said yes and yes, the crowd went wild. Oh, good. You're going to fire them. That's good news. Let's clap. I found that uh, I found that kind of disappointing. How do you think this is going to play out, though? I mean, we, we've got thousands. I've heard one estimate a third of cops don't want to get vaccinated. Look, I, I think it's whether you want to get vaccinated or whether you do or don't, it's really, I personally think it's up to the freedom of those people to make their own decisions. I don't think the government in any way should tell you what you have to do. You know, the word is right now that anybody that's not vaccinated will be put on an unpaid leave of absence. You know what? Let the men and women of the NYPD, a third, let them go on unpaid leave of absence. The city will implode. The city's already imploding as a result of, of de Blasio's policies. It's already, the, the crime is increasing, murder's increasing. You know, it, it's already imploding. Let them go on unpaid leave of absence. Let them disappear and, uh, and let's see what happens. And you'll have all those morons that was at that CNN uh, town hall, then they'll be screaming and yelling because response times are so high, because cops aren't coming to emergency uh, calls, emergency jobs. The bottom line is leave the cops alone. They've been doing their job for 18 months. They put their lives on the line every single day, day in and day out, um, underpaid, understaffed, 
underappreciated by de Blasio and the governor of the state of New York. Let them do their jobs. Leave them alone. I want to show you something that uh, made me feel actually pretty good, and I wasn't expecting it, but we had a big protest uh, in, in, in support of Kyrie Irving. Now, he is a star NBA player with the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, hey, they have a mandate to get vaccinated. He doesn't want to get vaccinated, okay? I think we have a picture of him somewhere. So uh, guess what happened? We had a big turnout of Black Lives Matter supporters, Black Lives Matter activists come out in favor uh, of him. And they were joined by a lot of MAGA people, a lot of MAGA people, Trump supporters who feel the same way. It's not necessarily that they're opposed to the vaccine. They just want it to be a choice. And I thought that that was a pretty cool moment. You know what, Greg? That's what this is all about. This is about freedom. We live in a country under the under the 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 laws of the constitution of the united states and we talk about freedom we we promote freedom all over the world today but the one place where they're trying to take those freedoms away are right here in the united states which is kind of ironic i think everybody should have their their be able to make their own decision have their own choice and uh you know what i think that was clearly demonstrated in that protest in brooklyn yeah. How about that? Unity and who do th these two groups coming together? Bernie Carrick, former commissioner. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much. To be continued, sir. Thanks, Greg. All right. We'll be right back. Negri came up to me and goes, Joey, baby. And he grabbed my cheek. He goes, Joey, baby. Grabs my cheek like that. He walked up and grabbed me. And he goes like this. Joey, baby. Grabs my cheek. And he goes, Joey, baby. And Ange walks up to me and he goes, Joey, baby. Grabs my cheek. Hey, 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 with this story, Joe Biden thinks it's interesting. It's not. And it's wrong. It's impossible. Joe thinks it's charming. He tells a story about he has more miles on Amtrak than anybody who's ever lived. He's got 10 million miles on Amtrak. And uh, the conductor was always teasing him about that and grabbing his cheek. Thing is, he said that happened in 2015. The conductor died in 2010 and he retired in 1993. Nothing adds up. Nothing with Joe ever adds up. But it sounds like a good story. And he told it again today. I commuted every single day, 263 miles a day on Amtrak from the time I got elected to the United States Senator. As a matter of fact, when I was vice president, I used to like to take the train home because my mom was very sick and dying, and I'd come home every weekend to make sure I'd take the train home. And the Secret Service, and I'm not criticizing them, legitimately would rather me fly because it's safer, because too many people can get on and off, et cetera. I'm getting on one Friday, and then one of the senior guys on Amtrak, Angelo Negri, I got to know all the conductors really well. They became my friends. I mean, really, my genuine friends. I'd have them at my home at Christmas and during the summer. And Ange walks up to me and he goes, Joey, baby, grabs my cheek. And I thought the Secret Service was going to blow his head off. Okay. I All right. That's God, where you know he's, <laughs> he's so good friends with the guy, such good friends. The Secret Service almost shoots him. 
He's not telling the truth. It's all made up. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.